What's up guys, welcome to the Entity Talks podcast. My name is Sean, and today we have one of the co-founders of the NFT marketplace, Known Origin. Now, Known Origin have been about since 2017, so they've got skin in the game. Now, if you want a bit of insight into how the NFT space was before to what it's become, this is definitely the episode for you. So make sure you subscribe and leave your comments below and let's help build this community. here with an amazing guest. His name is David Moore. He's one of three co-founders of Known Origin, uh, the NFT marketplace. And I'm happy to have you on, man, because it's we've been trying to organize this for a while. But uh, yeah, finally here, David. How you doing? Yeah, it's a pleasure, man. Thanks for inviting us, representing the UK NFT crew. <laughs> Got to help each other out. Yeah, That's what it is, man. Me, That's uh, what... <laughs> thanks for letting me get on NFT Talks. It's been a while, but worth the wait, hopefully. I know, I know, it's good because a lot of people I normally meet is uh, I normally meet them online first, but you're one of the many, the few people that I actually meet face to face and had a good conversation with and connected. And since then, a lot's happened with your event, which we're going to go into, uh, which I'm really excited to talk about. But yeah, let's let's start in regards to just giving everyone a bit of background about yourself, and then I'd love to find out how obviously at No No Gym got put together because. For a long time, and maybe a few people still think this, I thought Noel Gym was a US <laughs> marketplace. Yeah. So, yeah, so we can start there. So, yeah, you would get that a lot, that it's quite US-centric. The whole NFT space is kind of like, uh, and there's a lot of focus uh, in the States. But no, we're uh, UK from day one. Uh, so back in 2017, um, it all started. But before all that, uh, a little bit about me. I, I was in the creative industries for like 15 plus years, worked on big brands, worked in retail, worked in fashion, and then moved into kind of app development, um, but from like a user experience side. And it was during my time building an app that I met two developers, uh, Andy and James, who are the other two co-founders on Known Origin. Um, and I used to do like TED Talk style events in the Northwest. So hire a speaker, like a great creative uh, peer of mine. And then people would just like buy tickets to come and listen to people talk. Uh, did that for since like 2011 for like almost five years, got bored of that. And then kind of thought, right, I've got this huge connection network of creatives and creative directors and illustrators and artists. I was like, Do you know what? I'm going to put on a gallery show, pop-up gallery, and just give them an opportunity to like show their work that they do. And mm-hmm. um, so I found a venue in Manchester, talked to a few of the artists, said, right, got some physical art, got some digital art, projected the digital art, got some screen set up. That was the idea. And I was like, right, how do I sell the digital pieces in the same way as these physical prints? Could not think of any way to do it. Shared this story with the two developers I was working with at the time, Andy and James, and they were like, oh, we're playing with this new thing called like Ethereum, ER721, and check out, go look at, go read up on like CryptoPunks, CryptoKitties. And as soon as they said like, they can turn a digital file into a limited edition asset, I was like, yeah, that is what I need. That is the thing that I need. And I literally shared it with um, two of the artists that were in the show. One was Stina Jones, uh, who's like OG crypto artist. Another one was a guy called James Pop, 
they kind of they got the bit where it was like we can turn this into a limited edition thing and you can sell it and it was like that kernel of the idea was enough so james and andy they went off and like smashed out one of the very early smart contracts on ethereum erc721 i think we were the fourth smart contract on OpenSea. wow but that's how early to market yeah. we were so yeah. they went off they built the smart contract and the a single page marketplace website had like 25 artworks on it i went off got a few more artists together started doing the branding came up like we sat in the pub and i think we came up with the name known origin and then like i did some branding for that um and then we put on a show on 5th of april 2018 mm. and i think about 100 people turned up and it was a mix of blockchain and crypto enthusiasts and manchester manchester's creative scene okay and we kind of brought those two communities together and then like just like all these conversations started happening and i was kind of stood in this this small basement gallery space thinking there's something in this like this mm. it, there's some potential here and then we made our first sale on the night of the launch and i was like that just validated it for me to say like there's something in this um so yeah that's how we started it was like a need was there to like how do we sell this digital artwork in this physical location and i just happened to be working with like two of the smartest blockchain engineers <laughs> on the planet i didn't know that at the time but like yeah they've uh, they built some of the biggest and best like products out there on mainnet and known origin started as like one little baby project that we worked on and then we all stopped our like consultancies like, i used to run a consultancy they used to run a consultancy that okay. all stopped and we just went all in on ko and 2021 now like it's just everywhere right yeah man it's crazy the fact that you even say you were in there that early like 2018 putting on events and nobody really knew about it so when how did it tell me just touch a little bit i can imagine there must have been a whirlwind of like obviously after around nba top shots around that time there was a massive obviously a spark of interest within the space did you feel that too was it like it, from known origin 100 percent. so 2018 2019 even some of 2020 you couldn't really kind of there was no real big traction there right and it was yeah. we used to go to galleries i used to go to shows in london i've talked on panels in london back in 2019 and people in the crowd were just like or in the audience were just like like we don't get it there's, there's this isn't going to work this isn't going to happen uh, we've been trying to sell digital art for decades in galleries people don't want it mm. um Funnily enough, some of these people that are in the crowd are now pro professed, like making out that they're like NFT professionals. <laughs> and they, they, were the, they were the skeptics in 2019. Yeah. So we were like, we were going to these shows, getting our phones out and trying to like sell the dream. And they just yeah. didn't want to know. Um, so yeah, it was really tough. Like 2019 was tough. 2020, towards the end of 2020, that's when it all started mm. like really yeah. picking up. And we got a little taste of like what adoption might feel like at the start of 2021. Mm -hmm. We were like, you saw us, it was like Saturday Night Live, we're doing skits about NFTs. Yeah. CNN, yeah. we're running uh, interviews. Beeple did a big drop and like blew everything up. But before that, yeah, there was, it was a tough, it was a tough sell. Yeah. Because it was just so, we were so early, right? We were so new. Um, but definitely things like 
NBA Top Shots. Mm. I was in the alpha and the beta drop, and yeah. I got excited by that. And then Nifty Gateway came along, and we we knew uh, Duncan and Griffin back in 2018. We integrated a, a little widget that Nifty Gateway did. They were a payments provider before they were a marketplace. Okay. We we played with that back in the day, and then we saw that they launched this marketplace, and they were getting some big names. That kind of really helped adoption. But we just kept true to ourselves and our life. We just keep doing what we're doing, focus on the artists, keep onboarding the best talent from like the Web2 world, bring them into mm-hmm. this crazy world, and let's just see where we go. And then, yeah, we've just uh, experienced a big, big, big spike of interest, engagement, sales, talent. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's nice to see. Um, yeah. But as everyone says on Twitter, we're still early, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, I think we are. We are still early. We just, I mean, obviously, when you're in the NFT space, everyone says that you feel like you've been in here for, I mean, you've been here for many years, but a day, a week feels like a month and so on. So uh, a lot of things, I think, changing day by day. Um, but what I want to know about is, David, known, I want you to talk about known origin. Uh, why you? What sets you apart from these? Other, there's so many marketplaces popping up. There's going to be new ones. There's just face it. There's gonna want. There's gonna be ones that stay about, and there's gonna be ones that drop off, just like NFT projects. So, what sets you apart from these other marketplaces? Is it the percentage, or is it your angle in regards to focus on the creative individuals, or what? What is it? Great question, man. So, when we started this, it was never about like who was selling the most, what, who's on the leaderboard, who's trending. It was I was putting on the show. And I had a bunch of artwork that we were projecting and I wanted to help those artists sell in exactly the same way as a traditional artist. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was unfair that they were on, they were showing at the same show in 2018, but one could monetize what they did and the other one couldn't. And it felt, mm-hmm. it felt wrong. It felt weird. And, and it was just by chance that I was sat two desks away from like these two amazing blockchain engineers. And it's like this bit of fate kind of brought us together. And we just said, look, let's experiment with this new technology and let's just see what happens. Um, And that's the thing that keeps me hungry. Experimentation with new technologies, empowering the creatives. Mm -hmm. Because if you empower the creator with tools that allow them to express themselves in interesting ways, the collectors will come. And the financial side is the applause. It's not the objective. The objective is still for us, empower the creator to do interesting things. Let them mm-hmm. innovate the space. Let them, t- let them decide what like art is. And then the collectors will come. And then when the collectors the buy, the money is the applause. That's, that's yeah. like the affirmation bit, like great, but it's never the objective. So what makes us different to other places are we're like, from day one, we've been super supportive to creators it's like there that's why we started this to empower them um, and we've always been tech art and tech mm-hmm. like half the team get excited by new technology types yeah. half the team get excited by discovering a new artist so we've positioned ourselves where if it's like you want to discover the best emerging artists playing with the most exciting innovation like known origins a place to go and it's all about like discovery like going on these little journeys of discovery and more recently we've had a big wave of new people coming into the space 
um, influencers, famous people, they go on a discovery of like trying to find early NFTs. And because we've been here since 2018, we've got early X copies, early Hacker Tows, uh, early Trevor Jones, early Brendan Dawes. We've got these big names that people want. 2018 NFTs. Yeah. So Gary V, I just I, I saw a podcast where Gary V was talking about almost like blockchain archaeology, right? Yeah. So you're gonna get these people that are gonna keep coming. They discover this new thing called blockchain and then they go back in time and they yeah. start doing these like archaeology digs through Etherscan and through the history of known origin and discover that like holy shit, I can get an X copy from 2018 on a, on known origin secondary market. So that's that's exciting for us that we have this history and these new marketplaces are going to come. These new products are going to turn up. These new apps are going to turn up. One thing you can't buy is history and skin in the game and provenance. You just simply, unless they build a time machine, you simply can't pay for that sort of reputational value built up over time. And that's where you'll get marketplaces that show up, they'll have two weeks of the spotlight because it's new and exciting. Mm. Unless they can get that traction, it'll all fade away. And we'll all still be here because we've got that Lindy effect of reputation, brand, support, community, big yeah. buzzword around NFTs. But just check out our Discord and you can see that there's people helping people, people supporting each other a buzz around what's happening at KO. So yeah, I think um, we do things differently at KO and I think people can see that on social and can see it in the way we kind of present ourselves and how we, uh, how we go about what we do. Yeah, I, I, kind of, I can second that from my experience. Um, you guys are welcoming, welcoming and open it, open to people coming into the space and Obviously, you guys have been in the space for a long time, did a lot of things, but you're very grounded from my experience. Um, you're very connected with the artists from going to your event. I can see you actually know the individuals. So you talked about empowering the creatives. And I think all like projects, apart from marketplaces or PFP projects, that's that's the key. Empower the community, empower the individuals. Let They will do the work and that will be a successful project. And that's why I feel that you guys are going to be around because people are going to want to work with you because... You, you've got the right intention in regards to what you're doing. Uh, you're not, you, you haven't been here. You, no one could ever turn around and say you're a cash grab because all you just come here to, you've been here from when no one was even talking about it. <laughs> so, hey, we, uh, we, couldn't, we couldn't give away NFTs in 2018, <laughs> 2019. No one wanted them. We there had X copies for like $9 that we couldn't sell. Yeah, crazy. Just, and interestingly, like Team KO, the three founders, we just, we, we've, Looking back now, it's crazy, but we just didn't want to buy from our own platform because we wanted to see who else out there in the world would actually buy these like and, uh, and uh, interact with our NFTs on our marketplace. So we just like refused to buy anything because we wanted to test the market. Looking back now, man, I wish I scooped up like, <laughs> imagine scooping up all those X copies for like $9, $10. But at the time it was just, it, I, I kind of, I wasn't around when the email first came into like uh, the hands of the first customers. Yeah. Like it felt like back in the early days, we were just testing the network. So you'd make something, you'd mint it, and then you'd transfer it for free yeah, or for yeah. a couple of cents. 
And all you were really doing was like testing the network to see if it really got to someone else's wallet. And when yeah. it got there, you were like, you'd almost like text them or get on Telegram and say, did you get it? Yeah. Like, back like, it's funny, man. It's just testing the network, getting excited when someone received an NFT. And it's like, shit, this is actually going to work. This is, this is actually going to do something. And yeah. we were talking earlier about like, all these new side chains popping up. The beauty, beautiful thing about Ethereum is that it's like been around for yeah. a long time. It doesn't go down, it's super stable. It's like it's got that traction that it's built up over the last four years of being what it is now. These side chains are popping up, but they have to do the hard work that the Ethereum Foundation and community have done to yeah. get the Ethereum network where it is right now. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a super exciting space. 2022 is going to be interesting. Like, it's either going to go absolutely crazy in 2022, yeah. or it's going to chill out a little bit. So it's going to it's going to be a really interesting time. My personal opinion is, I think it's going to go pretty nuts at the start okay. of 2022. It's with crypto, isn't it? We don't with crypto by nature, it's, it can calm down like over the market and stuff like. That. It's interesting to see when we get the bear market, what's going to happen. Yeah. With obviously NFTs, I do feel that it's still going to have that interest. I feel people will leave the like anything else. People will leave because there's, there's a lot of people in there for money and flips and whatnot. Right and, now, yeah, right now, yeah. yeah so yeah, they're only in it for whether it's the sh- short term. So they will leave regardless. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll we see. do a bit of a we are do a bit of a shakedown. I think. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The people that are here for not to make that like buying it 0.04 and flip it like yeah. 0.5. Yeah. They'll have they'll they'll work they won't that won't work forever and they'll have a few mishits and then they'll be like right I yeah. think this is over now the people that are here because we genuinely think this is a way to rebuild the freaking internet rebuild how people communicate with each other rebuild what the creative economy looks like they'll stick around regardless 100%. like we were saying earlier like ETH could drop we've seen ETH drop twenty five percent in twenty four hours yeah. Like, but because we've lived through it a lot, we've seen the ups and downs. We we could have we could have stopped working on KO and done some epic projects yeah. outside of crypto. But we actually believe in the movement, and we believe this is a better way of anything that's got sort of like um, uh, what's the word dispute resolution. Mm-hmm. Smart contracts are a smart way or a simple way of replacing old school processes and paperwork with some nice new kind of uh, trustless programmable kind of tech. Yeah. Anything that's got a dispute resolution, whether it's a payment or a deed or, a, or some sort of uh, thing that needs time stamps to say, by this time we agree that this thing will happen. I'm pretty sure smart contracts and the Ethereum network will be the thing that everyone uses over time. Yeah, 100%. And I know I know art has been the main focus for a lot of things, but like we're not, no one's really talking about, well, at the moment, the hype-wise, no one's talking about the health sector is going to change that with regards to IDs. It's going to change even like ticketing, like simple things like that. Yeah, yeah. It's going to solve a lot of problems. People stop scalping, like people selling tickets for extra money. You can put like a a code in there to say it only can go for an extra 20% or... Well, it's just only... non-transferable well, Non-transferable, NFTs, yeah, yeah. Non-transferable NFTs or NFTs where you have, like, cool stuff like where there's a time window and, like, 
it literally is baked into the smart contract. So when it hits that time, it is literally like not for sale anymore. Stuff like yeah. that. It's quite it's yeah. some cool stuff. Um, but the, there was a um, back in 2019, there was a platform that did ticketing through uh, NFTs. And I experimented with it for an event that we did in 2019. Mm -hmm. uh, Block Party, it was called. Okay. They pivoted to be an NFT marketplace as well. Right. And, and I used to speak with Vlad quite a bit. Like we were on, like, I think when I first went over to New York in NFT NYC 2019, okay. we, met, oh, we had great chats, met the guys from Maker's Place, met, met uh, Zach and John from Super Rare. Mm -hmm. Just like back in 2019, like we used to meet up at these events and just share ideas. Yeah. I, I'm hoping if I can get to NFT NYC this November. year, yeah. they'll have that same vibe. Like, let's just go and share gonna be, I think it's going to be like, absolutely crazy, that event is, because everyone is... <laughs> it's just going to go nuts. I'm hoping I can get there. My tickets, my flights have been uh, moved, so I might have to fly from Heathrow rather than Manchester, but okay. that's what I've got to do. That's what I've got to do, do, you know? Yeah, yeah. Are you heading over? Uh, nah, nah, I'm not. I'm not. I've, I've, I'm sitting here gutted, but I'm not. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to make it over, but... All, all in good time, innit? All in good hey, time. It's, yeah, it's not the first and last. Yeah, exactly. Like, the event on Friday that we did, that's not the end of events. That's yeah, like just going to that. Man. Just, uh, just starting to take, just starting to get people excited about meeting in, in real life again and like getting yeah. off, getting off uh, virtual stuff and like jumping in and out, like blurring the lines between digital and physical is going to be super interesting. And we think yeah. like events like we did on Friday, are a great way to bring people that know nothing about NFTs, get them to meet the artists, get them to see the work in situ, and then like just blow their minds. And yeah, let's, let's talk about that, Dave, man. Let's, let's, let's make sure we go and talk about that because I know you're short for time. So, digital native, man, like talk about that event. I'll, my my experience wise, I've been to a few events in London and whatnot. That's the biggest NFT event I've experienced in the UK. And then also, I mean, I haven't seen anything bigger. I mean, apart from conferences, but just as a meetup and a tea event, like I think it's broken down to two sections. Obviously, you've got the, the speakers in the day, which was nicely broken up, some nice speakers there. And then obviously you had the, the after bit with the big screens and all sorts. And that was crazy. And it just, the whole vibe was, yeah, it was it was good, man. I really enjoyed it. So um, how did that come about? And I mean, based on the events that you've been to before, why did you go so big? So... We've done a few little ones. We did, we did, um, I did a thing in 2019 called IDAF, which was the International uh, Digital Arts Festival. Mm -hmm. That was just a handful of artists, handful of people really. But that got me the appetite of like, I want to do something bigger. Then we missed our birthday in April. Like we wanted okay. to do an anniversary thing and it was like COVID lockdown. And we said, you know what? As soon as, we can start getting more than like 50 people together. We're going to go, we're going to go big. And we look back historically on like um, some of our kind of sales and some of our engagement. We basically look like when we did either a virtual, virtual or physical event, we had a little spike in sales or engagement online and like our followers went up and all this stuff. And we said, you know what? We need to lean into this more. And we actually brought on a dedicated virtual and real life events manager called Edward. And then we basically just set a task. We said, look, we want to put on a show. We want to do talks during the day, gallery event at night, but we want to have a mix of digital art, fashion, and entertainment. Like what does that look like at scale? And we wanted to prove to ourselves 
that we could deliver something at scale. Um, and like I said, we had four speakers during the day. Yeah. That was pretty chill in quite a like WeWork style open uh, office. Yeah, yeah. And we kind of kept everyone away from the night venue because we wanted that um, <laughs> juxtaposition of like, oh, this feels like a pretty chill networking event. And then when you get to the evening thing, we wanted it just to go off. Yeah, yeah. And it felt like the DJ was right. The artwork was right. The big screen kind of just felt like we were at something special. Yeah. Edouard was like, we need a bar and refreshments. Cause these yeah. are things that we like, as an art tech team, we probably wouldn't have thought about. And she was like, yeah. oh no, we need to get like refreshments in like a proper bar. We need to get a proper people to do the food. And then Edward did the co-creation of the artworks. Okay. Um, and we worked with a really good visual audio installation team. And they literally, while you guys were having the talks, they were setting up. All right. And they literally rocked up at like 8 a.m. with all these like blue freight cases, like Glastonbury had just turned up and they just, yes. they just did it. And Edward was over there making sure all the screens worked. And yeah, we just wanted to make sure that we, the goals were like, it's a celebration first and foremost. Mm -hmm. We wanted the artwork to, look amazing like displayed like in the respect that it deserves like pieces of art i have certain pet peeves like the stands how are we actually mounting the screens and i hate to see square artwork on like 69 screens yeah i think it's i think it's disrespectful to the artist and artwork how big were the screens then because i mean i remember seeing them they look quite big how, how big are they they were 8K, 55-inch, yeah, nice things. Yeah. But when I've seen some shows where they've put square artwork and it has black. Yeah, yeah, around, yeah. And that is just a, a pet peeve of mine. That really frustrates me because it, in my mind, it's like you wouldn't go to a gallery and see a frame around like that. that. Yeah, yeah, true. Like, it, you can't even go to Ikea and see square pictures in like, yeah. 69 frames so i'm like don't treat the artwork like that treat it like it's a piece of art one artwork per screen in the right format like that's beautiful for me so yeah edward did an absolute sterling job uh like i say 320 people i think we've uh counted were there pretty much yeah yeah it did it did seem like a lot and it was a it was a quite a big venue and i just said i mean remember just going outside to the after part and then it was lining up and then everyone in is a massive screen on the right and then you go further down and then even the lighting and the mood was like just everything played its part so i think you, you executed it very well thanks man i'll let um i'll let i'll play that back to edward because yeah, yeah. she really is like four to six weeks really organization like almost every day to get it to get it delivered and i thought it was worth it it wasn't really about shilling the work that was on display it was yeah. about celebrating the diversity and like the different the different artists that we have on known origin and showing a lot of non-nft people non-crypto people like this is what we were talking about in 2018 yeah this yeah, yeah. Where, when we were trying to tell you like digital art is going to be huge and they're like well how do you display it and we're like you do it on like screens like they just didn't get it. It was a bit of a like, this is what we meant. That's why we went so big with it. Because okay. we wanted to we wanted to invite a lot of those people that came to the very first show in 2018 and a lot of the galleries around Manchester and a lot of the 
artists that we've been trying to persuade to come on to Known Origin into a space. Because as soon as you meet the people, talk to the community, it, the, it's not just a tweet where someone's flexing about how much they've spent on something or yeah. flexing about owning this thing that out of context is really hard to understand. Yeah. You give people the context around it, put them in a space where everyone's just buzzing and there's some, there's a, it feels like there's something big happening here. You want to be a part of it and it's really hard not to get excited and carried yeah. away. No, I, f- I feel that um, my experience and people I spoke to, I think everybody's been doing their own thing, obviously doing successful, whether they're an artist or a creator, whatever, and they're in their own world and they can't really speak to their family and so on because yeah, nobody yeah, understands yeah. even though they're doing well. So when, when everyone met, they were just excited to speak to somebody and not have to explain, just like, you get it, yeah, you get yeah, what I'm talking about, you're happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what <laughs> yeah, you mean, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I really enjoyed is basically speaking to people excited as me doing different things whether the collectors i met collectors at the at the event i met artists at the event i met obviously platforms like obviously is it is it bolson protocol yeah uh, yeah, yeah. protocol them, them guys dress x were there yeah i've been yeah. following them for ages and yeah uh charlie charlie cohen is it charlie just, cohen yeah, yeah yeah she like you had some really a good caliber of people doing in the room like doing amazing things so and everybody was just down to earth which is yeah. See, that's why I'm excited about the space now because eventually, you know, people are going to go on to continue to do great things and people are going to be unreachable. So this is a time I can only can imagine how Silicon Valley would have been if you could yeah. have spoke to Mark Zuckerberg or somebody else. Like, yeah, like a meetup or something. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're like, at what point does it become where, like, it's really hard to know at what point does, like, DM in the Discord the CEO on Discord become like off bounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, should, yeah, it, yeah. should it ever be off bounds? Like, or should, is this a new way of building product? I keep saying to the guys, like, if as we move closer to like, we call it like progressive decentralization in the yeah. team, as we move closer to empowering the community through DAO or governance token, we are quite an early company to be going in that direction. Like, what does a company look like what does a product look like? What does a platform look like when you suddenly start giving more and more control over to the community? And it's going to be really interesting to know like, what the future of those types of DAO-based companies are going to be because yeah. that's the direction this is all going. I'm, I can't believe that products like Instagram that are like three, four, five billion dollar valuation and all the content creators get zero of that revenue. They get nothing. And there, if, imagine if everyone just said, you know what, we're not going to put content on Instagram for two days. What would Instagram actually be? It, it would be... Re- it would be reposts. It would be, it'd be adverts. Yeah. That's all it would be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just think, I can't believe that these content, user-generated content platforms that don't reward the actual content creators in some way are going to last. They're all going to have to move to a shared um, reward system or shared revenue stream or some way of rewarding the people that are actually making the content. And that's, that's for me is like, if we can reward in some way, the content creators that are participating and they build the, they shape and build what known origin becomes. That is a really exciting model for like what a new company could be. And we're going to be one of the really early ones to play in that space. Yeah, I love that. I mean, what I want to do, David, is because I, I, I want you to kind of 
give me a visualization of how you see a day going in say the next 10 years how what does the world look like in your eyes in the next 10 years in regards to involving nfts whether it's going to sports events as a one your day from waking up in the morning to just to uh, to the evening including nights out or socializing what involving nfts like how, how deep do you want to go man we just go deep man like i don't i'm i want i want to experience that so um yeah, you I, talk about things that i might not know about i was um so i listened to a couple of different podcasts right and i, yeah, yeah. Listen, I listened to a couple of different futurists and then i love talking to charlie because she has a real yeah deep understanding of like the digital fashion world and so there's also a couple of things in London that are quite interesting around like what, what are the tipping points for like seamless AR and seamless uh, mixed realities. Yeah, yeah. So I actually think we're going to get much, much closer to mixed reality than we think. And it's whether that it is that you don't pick up your phone in the morning and check it. You like, you slip on some eyewear and it just in your peripheral, it just gives you your top five things that you need to do. And then it's like immersive homes, right? We can already change the lights, change the music through Sonos, through your phone. I, I, can, I can easily visualize a way that you can do voice command and just like change not only the lights and the sound, but you can also change the visuals mm. that surround you in your home to suit the mood. So in the morning, it might be like, you've got a preset one where you wake up and the music's super chill, all the artwork on the screen's like low vibe. And it just gradually wakes you up as you're doing your coffee. Or like immersive homes will be a big thing. And all these things will be on chain, right? So it'll be like your deeds of your house, the, the hardware that you own, the NFTs on the screens, the music that you listen to. It'll all be connected through uh, some sort of chain, whether it's a blockchain or the side chain or whatever. And then I also like the idea that fast fashion will fade away and like capsules, capsule fashion will be this thing. So me and you will be wearing like Tron style zip up suits, but because everyone's wearing eyewear, we can express ourselves with these like visual, like creative expression, just a layer over the top. So I could be like walking down the street just on fire through your eyewear. You could be something completely like non-human, just like a shape. And that's how people are expressing themselves. Like gender's gone, race is gone. Your identity is whatever your visual expression is over the top of like this like Tron style jumpsuit. Yeah. And then it's like, you either go into a physical space and you meet people in virtual worlds to do your work, or it's just like, we're all in this group meeting, but we're not, we're not drawing stuff out. We're drawing stuff through like the lens in a 3D kind of, we're all talking about a project that we're working on, but it just, it's a living thing being yeah. virtually in the space that we're in. So yeah, I have some pretty wild ideas about the evolution of like mixed reality, walking around town. The guys from Artifact are doing it through the phone where they can like pin outfits onto people. But I'm like, the phone is gonna go. And yeah. it's gonna eat. It'll probably start with eyewear, but then there's also a company working on a contact lens that you just pop on. Yeah. And it's like everyone's got these contact lenses and it just projects in your peripheral all your kind of messages that are coming through. And you basically just interact with that thing that's kind of floating in this like mixed reality bit. So it's 10 years. I wouldn't be surprised if 
the stuff that we think like science fiction. Yeah. My son is like playing with thinking that's totally normal. Yeah. And that's happened already because my parents would think, what the hell are you doing? And, and so on. It cha- things change rapidly. Technology growth. Dude, this <laughs> thing is one of the most powerful computers on the planet. Yeah. And I've, everyone's got one in their pocket. When I was 20, I had like a Nokia hand-me-down that yeah. was, had a green screen and I could send a text <laughs> if it was less than like 200 characters. Yeah. <laughs> that was the power of the, like, the computer that was in the mobile phone then. So God knows what these guys are going to do in 10 years. This is it, man. And I think, yeah, it's exciting times. It's interesting times. I just think, I always say to people, you've got to keep your mind open. Just like you're able to think about these things are possible, then you're able to create. Because if you just lock yourself and think these things ain't possible, you're never going to be able to take advantage of these opportunities because we are creating a new world. Uh, It's happening. (laughs) Baby steps though, right? So for the mixed reality pieces, phase one will be like 5G integration and cloud-based rendering services. So it actually renders on cloud and just feeds your device. So yeah. there's no there's no latency, there's no lag. Because that's yeah. the thing that's breaking any kind of um, AR fashion items in real world. Because it's, it, the mapping's too slow. So yeah, they're gonna yeah. render all that on a 5G cloud and feed it to your device fully rendered. So then when you just hit someone, it Sweet. maps and it's really, really kind of sharp. Yeah. And then they'll just like, there'll be a moment where people just stop using hard devices and start using more wearables. And I think digital fashion wearables and then NFTs to own and link all these things yeah. is like a real obvious journey that we'll probably all go on over the next five to 10 years. Um, and I think that's, that's going to be interesting to see how many people like fully adopt it and embrace it versus the people like us that are like early, early adopters of almost all tech anyway. Because I think there's something about we're we're curious by nature. So we, anything that comes out that's, and we're more forgiving, right? So it can break, it can fall over, it can like lag. We're way more forgiving, but we're also really curious about what's next. I think, I also, I'll just finish with by saying like, when I first met Andy and James and we were kind of playing with this idea of selling digital artwork as NFTs to a handful of people, we always, I always said to them like, you can't have this many smart people and creative people in one condensed thing for this many years and like good stuff not happen, like mm. big things, big change not happen. So I still believe that I think there's too many smart and creative people working on the same kind of long-term vision and goals for amazing things not to happen. And mm. that's just accelerated, accelerated over the last 12 to 18 months. And it, I think it'll accelerate again over the next 12 months. So it's going to be, 2022 is going to be really, really exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited too, man. And I think that's that's a nice way to round off the end of the, the episode is just like talking about this is the possibilities, this is where it can be. Be open and be creative and get involved. <laughs> yeah, participation yeah. is everything. Experiment, be fearless, participate. No one, if you fail at something, no one, we're at such a, uh, we're at a point now where it's quite low risk. Yeah, so yeah. if you experiment and it doesn't work now, 
only a handful of people know about this space. That's the reality, right? So now's the time to experiment. Now's the time to fail. Now's the time to try and learn, test, repeat. Mm. Just five years time, we're in a different position. Right now is the time to experiment, have fun, and just get creative with it. And like, we're gonna try and provide as many tools as we can just to push the space forward, man. Yeah, yeah. Adam, excited. So David, thank you for your time today, man. Like, enjoyed the conversation. Lots of gems. Obviously, we're definitely going to have to jump on again uh, and make it another thing we can talk about with the things you're doing in the, over the next, towards the end of the year. I know Love you're going to do another Let's event. Let's do an end of year recap, man. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do that, man. But uh, Thank thanks. So thanks for letting me jump on and chat to you. And it was a pleasure to, where did we first meet? At the Top Dog? Top event? Dog, London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah pleasure yeah. to meet you there. And thank you so much for coming up to Manchester. No problem, man. It was a uh, pleasure being invited and just being a part of what's happening. I'm glad I didn't miss out on that, man. So. Yeah, I'm excited. Good news, man. Take care, man. All right, take care.